Coming in high. I, I, I'm feeling like that today, though. Felt like I wanted to smack the shit out of a nigga last week. <laughs> oh, I was like, damn. BBS. And you out your feelings. I was never in my feelings. I was never in my feelings. I just get ready to fight. That's the problem with me. The nigga was in his feelings. That's the problem with me. I just get ready to fight. Never in my feelings, just ready to fight. You might put that on the t-shirt too. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to FPFO. What are you eating? Let me just tell y'all, our fucking cameraman today, having a, doing all this bitching all throughout the week. We say, okay, we're going to record on five, at 5.30. My, co- shit, my co-host was here at 5.25. I was present and ready to go at 5.19. Tell me why. Matter of fact. <laughs> so that pussy is a little fiery. I put that pussy in my face. Welcome, 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 welcome. Good. Good. <laughs> oh, shit. What up? What up? <laughs> Again, welcome to FPFO. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you guys all so much for being here. Um, if you don't already, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're watching already on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend. Send it out. Share the link. Share the, the playlist. All of that good stuff. Um, if you want to link up with us on social media, hit us up. On Instagram at for Panthers fans only, TikTok at for Panthers fans only, Twitter at carfpfo. Um, if you want to talk to us, kind of on a personal level, our DMs are always open. Um, links will be in the bio, whether you're listening or viewing on YouTube. Um, our personal links are there as well. And also, if you want to talk Carolina Panthers football with us more in depth, we will be. In the Facebook group all throughout the week, um, Carolina Panthers fans, I believe it is, something like that. What, what, what is it? That's what it is. Carolina, Carolina so Panthers fans. Hey, so I damn near went flawless <laughs> on the intro this week, ain't it? Look, but I knew you was going to be some hating that shit. Then I got one nigga hating beside me. Another nigga, he eating like he on fucking lunch break behind the camera trying to rush me and shit. Everybody just do play their role, bro. Everybody just relax. Look Why the fuck you had to ask me then? Huh? Why the fuck you had to ask? Cause me that was your role. That, no, that's what I need no, you for no, right there. If you did it perfect, then don't ask no question. Well, ask how about this? Uh, do you feel like I did it perfect? Have some faith in yourself. Do you feel like I did it perfect? Not you messed it up when you had to ask me to make sure. <laughs> Fair enough. Touche. Touche. Again, thank you guys for being here. Um, this is for Panthers fans only. I'm your host JJ. I'm your co-host Terrence. Welcome back. Another episode. Uh. Got some shit for y'all today, I guess. So, I mean. That's every week. But, I mean, nothing nothing too crazy. It's just a lot of people, a lot of people got a lot to say. And this is, you know, this is when, this is when I become obnoxious to, you know, my friends and and, and motherfuckers that be watching the pod and listening. Um, It's a lot of hating ass niggas on TikTok, too. I mean, (laughs) y'all are just fucking embarrassing, honestly. Um, 
I just want to throw it out there too because I, I was in a, a small dispute with a Chicago Bears fan. <laughs> Nigga, I'll be in your city. November what what is it? The sixth or the ninth? The ninth, I think. I think it's a <laughs> I'll Thursday be in your city. Game. I'll be in your city letting my dick hang the whole fucking week, the whole weekend, Thursday night football. We will be in attendance. I'll be there because he had a lot to say on TikTok. Um, and a lot of Chicago Bears fans had a lot to say on Instagram too. Yes, I'll be in the city. Terrence will be in the city. I ain't gonna speak on I I, I ain't gonna speak on how he gonna act. <laughs> Cause I, you know what I'm saying? I don't wanna speak for another grown man, but for me. I'm going to be in the city letting my nuts hang. So, you know, if y'all want to have a conversation, y'all want to do whatever y'all want to do, we'll we'll be around. Catch us if you can. Simple as that. Uh, or excuse me, catch me if you can because, I, again, I, 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 I ain't going to put Terrence out there. You know what I'm saying? I don't speak for him. Um, but, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll be um, in attendance Thursday night football. We'll, we'll be around. We'll be in attendance a lot this year, um, starting with training camp. Super excited about that. We are – Exactly seven days away from tickets releasing there. Um, I did read something today where PSL owners get um, early access on June 27th. So if you are a PSL owner, make sure that you're um, looking out for that as well. Uh, cool. All of that All of that shit is out of the way. We can jump into the show. Um, what day did the shit release? Monday? The blueprint? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. I, I think it was Monday. With, with the release. I think it was Monday. Um, the Carolina Panthers finally released the. Uh, I don't even know really what to call it. I guess it's kind of a docu series. I believe it's going to be four or five episodes, four or five parts, um, kind of just about the the hiring of Frank Reich, um, and and the weeks and days leading up to the draft and drafting Bryce Young and things of that nature. I believe there's some footage of mini camp in there as well. Um, so. That was released. Episode one was released. Is he going to be hating the whole episode? <laughs> like, is he gonna be, like, I know. So is he just in a mood or what? Like what? What is happening? Would you like what? what what's the issue? Huh? Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. So I was about to say, if you're going to be hating our episode, I mean, damn. Let me just try and look. Oh wait. Every time I look back, that he's shaking his damn head. Like I, I, we can't preview the damn episode. Niggas ain't even said nothing yet. Exactly. Because when we get to um whoever this nigga is. Who, who 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 is this that wrote this shit? Trevor Sycamore about the the second worst wide receiver court in the in the yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I got a lot to say and I'm glad you here because I'm glad you here because our bet still stands too. I just wanted to let you know as far as uh, Terrace and CD yeah I, I want all the smoke with that. I ain't gonna lie. So just make sure my shit is ready. I don't, I don't know why you looking at him. I'm talking to you, nigga. Man to man, I'm talking to you. Okay, fair enough. Um. So circling back before we were interrupted by this hating ass nigga, man. Damn. Um, Blueprint uh, Blueprint episode one did release. Um, and I kind of just wanted to, to review that a little bit. Let me make sure the clock has started because if not, we might be fucked. Mm. I'm going to set it. Uh, mm, mm, mm. It didn't start. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so what were your takeaways from, from episode one? I know that you uh, – I know that you watched it this afternoon. I watched it, I want to say, two nights ago. Very, very excited. Um, I had to make sure it was a nighttime watch and kick back, make sure I had my bowl of cereal. <laughs> so, you know, what, <laughs> what What were your thoughts on the episode uh, I, and what were your main takeaways? It wasn't that kind of vibe for me, but um, it was a put to, a well-put-together uh, first episode, I think. Um, I think I went in, like, or typically my mind is thinking, like, it's hard to coach grown men 
So I just be feeling like they don't really be getting fucking coached, that they just uh-huh. do what the fuck they want. So it was excited to see that, you know, like we got coaches that are on niggas' ass. Like Deuce Staley, uh, that that nigga, he he not he don't take no bullshit. And yeah. so you you pretty much seen him throughout the the whole episode, just like on players' ass, like telling guys to go home, telling them they fired, like just really not allowing them to like mess up and get away with it. And I like the competition aspect of um, the training camps and stuff. Uh, and then it looks like Frank Wright was really bought into it. Um, he was jumping around to different groups and stuff, giving tips here or there. But it just looks like a coaching staff that's bought into the team, and it looks like a team that is bought into the coaching staff. And so I just have a hard time seeing that Matt Rule was doing shit like that because <laughs> Deuce, like, he'd get up there, run the drill with him, like, show him how to do shit, uh, decoordinate the same way. But I just have a hard time believing that Matt Rule was doing shit like that. So it just makes me excited going into the season, knowing that, like, there's work being put in, knowing that coaches aren't sitting back, letting guys do their own thing. Like, they're making it a competition aspect. Like, J.C. Horn was talking shit to Deuce. He was talking shit to J.C. Horn and the whole defense because, you know, he's the running back coach and assistant head coach. So it was just good to see shit like that. So that just made me excited going into the season. Yeah. The, The spirit of competition. Yeah. That was the that was the biggest thing that that stuck out to me. Now there there were uh, limited um, clips, I guess you could say, of practice and minicamp and things of that nature. Um, but just from the clips that I saw, the the spirit of competition and just kind of like the feeling is different. I, I mean, we've been saying this for like the last month <clears throat> month and a half. Um, just when you listen to the guys talk about this coaching staff, when you listen to you know Adam Thielen every step of the way since he's been brought in. Every opportunity he, that he gets in an interview or, you know, whatever it may be, he's just talking about the feeling in the locker room and things of that nature. It's really, really, really just different. It really is. I mean, it, it's it's been a feeling that I don't believe that we've had at the very least for three or four years, and really I would like to even go further than that because, I mean, Cam's last couple seasons, the feeling wasn't, wasn't like this either, transparently, yeah. you know, so – um, it's just, it feels a lot different. And that was one, like I said, that was one of the main things that stuck out to me as well. It's interesting that you saw that, um, saw that too, was the, the competition level is just extremely, extremely high. And then when you look at it being at that level and this footage wasn't even taken from summer, this footage was taken from the spring. Yeah. You know, so that's too what, long ago, really. Right. Exactly. And so you can only imagine that that would be ramped up 10 times, if not 100 times more, come the summer when the guys are at camp and, and, you know, they can't see their families and, they you know, they can't see their wives. Everybody is hot as shit. Yeah. Hydration level's a little bit low. It's going to be different. Yeah. It's going to be very different. And I, I think they made some good points of, like, how the coaching staff was built. Like, when you sit back and think about it, like, a lot of the newer coaches that were bought in, most of them were up for head coaching jobs. Yeah. And so to form all of those coaches on one staff and be able to bounce ideas off of each one of those guys who you know have a have made their point in the league and are respected in the league enough to be interviewed for head coaching jobs or be thought of like a head coach. So I think when you bring all of that together, like it can be some real exciting things going forward. And like I was telling JJ earlier, I don't think like I think it's a few coaches that we might only see there realistically for a year or two. 
Like I yeah. genuinely believe that. And so Well, Everrow's gone. Yeah. Scott already told you that in the in the in the episode. Yeah. I don't know um where they were. It might have been uh draft night or it just was a little clip from just mm-hmm. a coaches meeting or just you know a front office and coaches meeting, something like that. And Scott was talking to somebody and he was like, Yeah, um I think he said Fowler or somebody like that told me uh that Everrow interviewed for twelve hours and get ready to find a new defensive coordinator. Oh, year. yeah, he did say so that. So that shit, I mean, <clears throat> the way this coaching staff is built, which is another thing that, I mean, we already knew, but as they, they you know, dove a little deeper into it in this episode, it should, it, it, it's going to be special. And I hope that, I mean, ideally we would love for it all to come together this year. Yeah. But I know for a fact in the next two or three years, th- this is going to be a very, very special football team. I genuinely believe that. Yeah, because it was built. It was built this year to compete already. Absolutely. Like just uh, there's a, cu- a couple of new pieces. Like it would be crazy to think that you know your first year quarterback is going to go win a Super Bowl or anything like that. But I think that in the next couple of years we shouldn't be too far off from that mark. Like it was I agree. Already, it, players were already built, brought in. Like veterans were already brought in and stuff like that to compete at that next level. Like this, this shouldn't be a team that is battling for above 500 or it, it shouldn't come down to what it was last year, how shitty yeah. the division was. Like if the rest of the teams look like that in the division this year, then it shouldn't even be fucking close come the end of the season. It should be to the point where we're resting players for two games, two, three games, like in the season. Yeah. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. Um, so just, I, I mean, I can see him hating. I'm trying, I'm trying my best not to look back there, bro. He been hating since you started talking. Since we started our dialogue, he been hating, bro. Awesome hating shit, but it's okay because we see them bitches win October 16th. That shit is marked in my in my personal planner. It's marked. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I just personally just can't wait. If y'all don't know, Tavian is is in today, uh, behind the camera. Cowboys fan, if you're new to the show. He be on some hating shit constantly. So it's nothing new, but I, I just can feel it. Like, you know what I'm saying? The energy is a little bit different. My goodness, bro. It's okay. Like, you're here. It's a Panthers podcast, bro. You can relax, brother. It's all right. It's all right. Um, Kind of kind of going back a little bit uh, in regards to, you know, what we were just talking about, about this team being being made and designed to compete. Um, For whatever is worse, Fox Sports did release their playoff odds and they currently have us at a plus two twenty, um, and I think it was a plus plus one eighty or one ninety to win the NFC South. So um, it'll be interesting. <laughs> it'll be interesting. We'll see. Let's go here. Let's go here. Let me let me let me check our time first. See where we're at. Okay, cool. We're doing well. Even with you know, never mind. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So. What I was alluding to earlier, Trevor Sikama um, released an article, and it was picked up by Panthers Wire uh, in partnership with USA Today. Um, and I'm just gonna read. I'm just gonna read the article and, and one of the clippings um, that stuck out to me, and we're gonna discuss this because I, I and I like shit like this to me personally because I like feeling like I gotta prove a nigga wrong. That makes me more hungry. That makes me more driven. That's just me personally in my personal life and shit like that, right? And so when I see stuff like this, there's no way as a professional athlete, this doesn't trigger something in your brain. Yeah. Right? Let's, let, let's read this article. Let's take a look at this, at this clip right here. 
Um, PFF recently ranked the Panthers wideout group as the second worst in the t- in the entire NFL. Trevor Sikkema, who settled them into the 31st spot, writes, quote, you can make a case for the Panthers being ranked last on the list. But I wanted to give some respect to veterans Adam Thielen and Hayden Hurst who have been added to this group to at least elevate this receiving court's floor. Terrence Marshall Jr. could be in for a big season, which would be huge for them. Plus, I have a lot of faith in rookie Jonathan Mingo, especially in the second half of the upcoming season once he gets his feet wet. They also have DJ Chark to stretch the field for them if they open things up. It's one of the least appealing groups on paper, but it might not be as hopeless as many think. Um, I, You can go first. Well, like, the worst is a stretch. The worst is a stretch. I mean, I can see if somebody would say they don't think we have a top wide receiver group in the in the league just because, you know, you got a veteran guy like Adam Thielen. Like, we know what Adam Thielen can do. I obviously think that he was overshadowed a lot in the past couple of years by Justin Jefferson because he can be considered – I consider him the best wide receiver in the league. So – he might be one of the best receivers to ever play the game of football. Yeah, he he will be when that time when that time comes. But yeah, so I would say that Adam Thielen got overshadowed by him a lot. So it, there can be a knock on him there. Chairs Marshall, like we haven't seen a lot of him because of what him and Matt Rule was going through for whatever reason. But we've seen flashes of him last season that should lead, if you know football and if you watch the Carolina Panthers, that should lead you to believe that Chairs Marshall is a good receiver. And he has a chance to be a receiver, uh, a wide receiver one. Like, that should just tell you that. If you watch football and if you know your shit. Um, then we have uh, DJ Chark. Um, I mean, DJ Chark is a good receiver. I, I don't think that a lot of people think that he's like, oh, this this receiver that's going to wow you and things like that. So, I mean, it makes sense. Cool. Then we have Mingo. Uh, and just, we haven't seen him play a snap yet, but just based off of, uh, what he's done at Ole Miss, um, the caliber receivers that have came out of Ole Miss, you don't have no choice to believe that he is going to bring a lot to the table for the team. And so with that being said, I know I missed a couple receivers. Um, with that being said, I just look at the Chicago Bears wide receiver room and the Tennessee Titans wide receiver room for whatever reason. I just randomly looked at their room. And how many teams is it in the league? 32. So I don't know how the fuck if any <laughs> if any one of them teams ain't ain't below us, then the list is already fucking flawed. Cause I looked at that fucking I looked at that list at their wide receiver room, and I mean it ain't shit on that list that's jumping out at me. Yeah, I mean all. I don't even know not to cut you off. I don't know who was who was graded the worst or who he had as the worst. But I mean, just off the top of my head, not to be disrespectful, <laughs> but um New Orleans, their wide receiver courts to me ain't really hitting on shit <laughs> because I know we not counting slanting boy in, in, in their court. <laughs> we can't, right? The bitch ain't played for how long? Two, three years? So we can't include slanting boy. So I would say their court is a little bit worse than ours. Man, I'm looking at Atlanta shit, and I mean, this <laughs> shit London looks fucking who? terrible. Like, I, But I will say they're including tight ends. So we'll take that into account. Okay. So we'll give them Drake London and Kyle Pitts, even though them niggas ain't proved a bitch ass thing to me. <laughs> yeah. I, I understand based off the potential. Cool. Um, but those are just two teams that you can 
put a question mark beside, and that's just inner division. Yeah. And then Tennessee, they don't got a bitch ass. Who who who, who don't Tennessee mean, roster? I don't even think I damn near recognize the name on that fucking wide receiver list. So I, then they they I would assume they have to be worse, right? This is why I, I wish I had the article in totality and didn't just take the screenshot of that one piece. Nick Westbrook, Aiken, I can I don't know this nigga. He's no good. Uh Traylon Burks, he, he's no solid. good. He's the only good receiver on the list. Is he better than is he better than Adam Thielen? Is he better than Jonathan Mingo? Is he better than Terrence Marshall? Is he better than even fucking Shaw Smith? I was <laughs> I was all I, that's I, was, what I, I, wanna I would say he's better than Shaw Smith, but the rest of them, no. Cool. Run and up. then Kyle Phillips. I mean, okay. Let's not spend too much time on this shit. Cause to me, this shit is it's idiotic, it's dumb as hell. Um now, let's break it down. Let's just go a, a, a you know a couple steps in, and we'll just look at it from an internal perspective. Could we be blinded? Could we be a little biased? Absolutely. Yeah. So let's start there. Cool. Is this wide receiver corps one like uh, the Philadelphia Eagles or the Dallas Cowboys? Absolutely not. Am I am I going <laughs> to say that? Is this a wide receiver corps like the Cincinnati Bengals? Absolutely not. So you you will never hear me make a, a delusional statement like that. Because though I get get up here and talk crazy, at the end of the day, I know the game and I know football and I know what the fuck is what. Um, the the group as a whole is extremely young and, and it's unexperienced. You add your veteran leadership with Adam Thielen. Yes, we understand he's going into year ten, year eleven, whatever it may be. But is he a phenomenal possession catcher? Absolutely. Is, is he a guy that you're going to go to on third and six, third and seven, when you need a guaranteed first down with the game on the line? Absolutely. Is he going to be a guy that is going to be a problem in the red zone just based upon his route running and, again, his ability to catch the football? Absolutely. Um, now, Terrace Marshall, who, who we assume is going to be wide receiver two, right? He's going to be, on, in my opinion, I believe he's going to be on the outside. Um I would assume that they're going to try and put Thielen in the slot. And if they do put him on the outside, then I would assume DJ Chark would go in the slot just from a speed perspective, but he will go outside at times as well. Irregardless, Terrence Marshall, we understand that he's a young guy. He's going into year three. Um, He's shown spurts to to be a good receiver. But based upon the coaching staff that we previously had, we don't know what Terrence Marshall was capable of doing. Again, he's shown spurts, and when those spurts have occurred, he's looked like he's had the ability to be a top 15, top 20 receiver in the NFL. That's just a fact. You can go look at the film. You go look at the route running. You go at the, go look at, you know, his catch radius. You go look at his hands. He shows spurts of being a top 15, top 20 receiver and shows that on his trajectory at times. Yeah, well, I would say uh, pro football focus had him – on go routes, he was rate like rated like number one or two last number year. Number one, on, yeah, yeah, on number go one routes. on go routes. So, yeah, I mean, so <laughs> throw that bitch up, and he gonna <laughs> go get it. But cool, he's unproven young guy, whatever may have you. Yeah. Hayden Hurst, we know that we know you know what it is with him, injury prone tight end, but again, another solid possession catcher. Um, Shaw Smith, we vocalized last week specifically how we feel about him, but I mean, if Shaw Smith is your wide receiver six or seven. I mean, that uh, a lot of motherfuckers would love to have Shaw Smith in their slot as their wide receiver three. But okay, cool. I understand. 
um, LaVisca Chenault. He's had injury problems. You know, he, he went from Jacksonville to Carolina, whatever may have you. Never had a real quarterback in Jacksonville, in my opinion, that could really get him to football. Shit kind of went to hell with, you know, his previous coaching staff in Jacksonville. And then, then obviously, they bring in Trevor Lawrence. But at that point, it was too late. He was already gone. Um, so, again, another guy that if you look at his measurables and you look at what he has the ability to do on, on a one- or two-yard screenplay, a one- or two-yard pop play, I mean, he showed it on three occasions last year that I can think of off the top of my head where they threw a pass to him, maybe a, a yard past the line of scrimmage, and he, and he cribbed a bitch. Yeah. And he didn't crib the bitch from 20 yards out. He's cribbing shit from 65, 70 yards out. So, you know, when you just look at this, li- and then Mingo, cool, you know, you, you said that if we just go based on what he did at Ole Miss, X, Y, Z, I don't even, I won't even take that, just for the sake of the argument. I wouldn't even look at what he did at Ole Miss because, he, you know, he was injured. He didn't get many touches at Ole Miss, whatever. You look at his measurables at, what, 6'1", 6'2", 230? Cool. I mean, it's like, and listen, again, I understand why people feel the way they do about this football team because if you look at just the last half decade, this football team hasn't been worth the fuck. Cool. I understand. So every step of the way, the only thing I want everybody to keep doing is keeping the same energy. So this Trevor Sickleman nigga, whoever he is, when when the time comes and, and shit really get wicked, the only thing I want to do is I want to pull up his catalog and his articles that he writes for USA Today or whoever the fuck he's with, and I just want to make sure he's calling, he, he's keeping the same energy. That's all I want. So it's perfect. It's beautiful. To me, cool. Keep disrespecting us. That's all I want because what I see in this team, again, could it be biased? Absolutely. Do I get jaded at times with because it's my team? Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. But to me, if you really, really, really understand what's going on in that locker room and really understand the guys that we brought in and the culture shift that I believe is happening, this level of disrespect, that shit is cute. Because I can guarantee you one thing, one name that you harped on a lot, in the blueprint is Duke Staley. I can guarantee you he saw this shit too. And I can guarantee you being the assistant head coach, not even not the running back coach, because that don't got shit to do with his job title there. But I can guarantee you as the assistant head coach, he showed them he, he showed them folks that article too. Yeah. And if, sure. as a young guy, if you can't get motivated behind that, if you can't get motivated behind that as a guy, you know, who who's had a, a poor injury history, who's been inconsistent in DJ Chark throughout his career. You know, if you can't get behind that as a nigga who is kind of fighting for his NFL life in Shot Smith, if you can't get up for that and can't get behind that and work a hundred times harder, you might not need to be here because this might not be the place for you. Yeah. But cool, just keep the same energy. That was kind of a long ass rant. Um, but that that shit really, really personally, it really rubbed me wrong. I'll be honest. And then I would just have to pose the question. And we have Tavian in here. And if you'd like to get on the mic, I'll give you my shit um, just to give you a paint. Because, again, maybe we're biased. I don't know. But are the Carolina Panthers receivers that bad? Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm tripping. So it, this is one of the most hating niggas that I know. But he know football and he does, and he's, uh, has an unbiased point of view. So I'm going to let this nigga grab the mic. So I'm going to go ahead and say no. They're not the <laughs> second worst receiving core in the league, only based off the fact that 
there's much worse teams in the league. There's much worse <laughs> receiving cores. That's a fact. I wouldn't agree with the Chicago Bears point, but y'all just got so much potential as far as their athleticism. Y'all do got a lot of big receivers, speedy receivers. I think if Bryce Young can get them the ball, they can do a lot of damage realistically. But it, but why they rank them so low, I think, is because it's a lot of unprovenness because you got DJ Chark, can't stay healthy. Terrace Marshall, we ain't seen nothing from him. Adam Thielen, we don't know how much he has left in the tank. LaVisca, I think LaVisca's a dog. That's one of my top – I told you about him like four years ago. Yeah. But he also hasn't done shit in the league either. And Jonathan Mingo's a rookie. And Shai Smith just ain't worth him. So <laughs> I don't even know why his name was brought up, <laughs> to be honest. But, you know. Well, man, everybody agrees with that. Everybody in the league agrees with it. I mean, listen, again, I, I – thank you for, for adding your, your thoughts in it. Because, um, again, you're – you don't really fuck with the Panthers. You swear you do, but you really don't. Um, die hard Cowboys fan, but you know, like I said, you know the game of football. Um, I don't. I, 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 again, you made a valid point that maybe it's coming from a place of just the the core as a group being inexperienced in the injury history and things of that nature, and then you know our wide receiver one being a bit older, um, or who we presume our wide receiver one to be, but I. For me personally, I don't get it. Yeah, it's still bullshit. Like, I, I think so to too, bro. Yeah. I really, I, I honestly do because I feel like if I really, really looked at this shit, I could find fifteen that's worse than what we got, yeah. just from a name perspective. Yeah, and I, I just think it's just a we're just not a respected team. So I mean, and we've it, been saying that yeah. since since December of twenty twenty two. Yeah, so that's this is the type like articles and bullshit that's gonna come from it because. We're an easier team to throw in the dirt, and nobody's going to give a fuck. Like, they're not really going to challenge. No, Nobody's going to challenge him saying no shit like that but us. So that's why he can get shit off like that. Yeah, maybe you're right. Let's let's see if Yak is going to answer the phone. Because this is a, a, one of those topics that I would love to have Yak's opinion on. Just because I want to see. Because Yak, you know what I'm saying? I be tweaking. Yak be chilling. You about in the middle. You know what I'm saying? Then we got an unbiased viewpoint, and then we got a Carolina Panthers fan who don't be tweaking as bad as me. Yeah. Yo. Yo. Yo, what up? You lie, so don't What's say up? shit incriminating. Let me, t- <laughs> let me ask you a question. Let me ask uh-huh. you a question. Um, And you can spend as much time as you need or as much elaboration as you want can be had. Is the Panthers wide receiver group as a whole the second worst in the NFL? No. Short answer, no. You care to I elaborate? Just, I mean, uh, well, what I would say is, so I think a lot of people would recognize that people will look at the Panthers wide receiver, wide receiver room and say the best wide receiver in that room is Adam Thielen. And I don't know if that's true, but based off accolades, I would say yes. Uh, he has been an all-pro, and I believe he's a two-time pro bowler, maybe three-time. Don't quote me on that. So I think he carries some weight. I'm not saying he's by any means the top 15 receiver in the league. Um, I do think uh, season's vet and DJ Chark, I'm calling him a vet. I think he holds a little bit of weight, not much, but, I mean, he still is a very good receiver. And then you got young de- uh, developing receivers and Jonathan Mingo, and Terrence Marshall, and we can't forget about Ty Smith. So with that being said, I wouldn't say that they're sec- they're the second worst in the league. Now, I'm not looking at I'm not looking at a list that tells me everybody's receiving core in the league, 
but just right off the top of my head, my short answer would be no. No, I don't think we're I, – I wouldn't say we're upper half. I would put us in – I would put us in the lower 16 of the league, but I don't think we're bottom two at all. Yeah, I think that <clears throat> I think that's kind of the consensus in the room. Um, we were just we were we were just talking about um, the article that that Trevor Sikkim released this week uh, for uh-huh. USA Today, um, and he was just speaking about you know the Panthers wide receivers and why he had us ranked the way he did. And I, I, I mean, I'll be honest. We kind of came up with as a group about bare minimum two teams that we felt were worse, and that was just off the top of our head. So I was a little bit confused and, and really baffled at him having us ranked so low. Do you think we would still be ranked that low if uh, DJ Moore was still in the room? Absolutely not. But it, are you asking me that in the sense of we would we would still make that? How much? I'm asking you that in the sense of how much does his departure move move us on the spectrum when it comes to wide receiver room? It moves us to the degree that should his name still be on the roster, this wouldn't even be a conversation. This wouldn't even have been a a, a topic on this week's episode. Okay. But I can't give you a specific number because I feel right. like what you said was, are we a top 15, top 16 bunch? Maybe not, but are we number t- uh, are we number thirty one? Absolutely, the fuck not. Yeah, that that I think that I think that's a that's consensus. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I don't see I don't feel as if the Panther fans think we're we're number thirtieth in the league, but I might be wrong. Yeah, no, but, I mean, I, we have Tavian, we have Tavian uh, in recording today, and we uh, asked him, and he said no, and you know how yeah. bad he be on that shit. Uh huh. <laughs> So you know what I'm saying. So you know, I I I don't I really don't understand because even you know even from the quote that I just read, it seemed like you know he was bigging up some of the guys that we have. So I really right. really really do not understand the logic behind this behind this article. Mm-hmm. I'm almost disappointed that we've given it this much time. Yeah. Like, yeah no I mean, I mean uh, looking at it from another team's perspective, and I know like you said, Tavian doesn't agree with that at all. But I mean, I could see, I could see why it would be talked about throughout the league. I mean, those names that we have don't don't pop off the paper. Nobody's looking at that wide receiver room and saying, "Well, damn, we got to look out for this guy or this guy." Now, I mean, don't get me wrong, the good receivers. But I mean, I, you know what I think could shut that whole argument up is if Terrence Marshall comes out this year and gives us, I don't know, 900, 900 yards and a couple touchdowns. I think that was that would totally dismantle any argument that anybody says that we have a sorry wide receiver room, and that's assuming that Adam Thielen plays a role, and along with uh, Jonathan Mingo and Josh Smith and those guys. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and really, you're for me personally, you're giving Josh Smith a lot of credit because for me, Josh Smith might not even touch the goddamn field. <laughs> when you look at when you look at the room, and then you look at you know what Frank Reich spoke about in his interview last week, um, when they asked him a question about the wide receiver room, and Shaw Smith's name didn't even come up, but everybody else's did. So you're giving mm-hmm. Shaw Smith a lot of credit. I have no expectations for Shaw Smith. I just want to say that before I say anything else, I think the nigga is clipped. Honestly, I ain't gonna hold you. Like with them bringing in Demir <laughs> Bird, who who was similar in play style. I think right. Shaw Smith is on the fucking bubble for training camp. I really, really do. Mm. 
So, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But I just had, I mean, I had to ask that question because, you know, I, I know how I get behind the Panthers sometimes, and we were just right. having a conversation. And I just wanted to see, I, I, I said, you know, let's call Yak because Yak is a lot more even killed. Yak knows a lot of football. You know, he, he, he knows more depth charts off the top of mm-hmm. his head than I do. So I was like, let me, let, let's call Yak and maybe, you know, get some clarity on what the fuck is going on because I, I mean, just befuddled really. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, shoot. Uh, I'm sure you've already covered on the, on the, the pod, but what were you and Terrence's thoughts on, uh, on the, on the piece that dropped Tuesday? Um, I loved it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, like like we were just, you know like we just talked about on the pod it, it the it's a different level of of competition and you love right. seeing that you love seeing that mm-hmm. in the in in the spring months right because oftentimes specifically with this team and this organization over the last 5 or 6 years we've seen that level of competition being instilled in training camp being instilled right. during the summer months and at times it hasn't even been there at all even when we've gone to training camp at different times, it's a different feeling. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's energy. Energy and vibes are very, very telling. Right? Yeah, it, I say it, that it, all the time. It seems as if there's been a total 180 flip in comparison to at this time last year. Yep. With you know energy and expectation. So, Absolutely. And I got that. I got that personally from from the film that dropped on Tuesday. Um, but yeah, excited. Yeah, for sure. What 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 did you think about the the piece as a whole? What were your takeaways? From I thought, it? I thought it, I thought it was, I thought it was very good. I mean, I saw some things that kind of popped out to me. I mean, we didn't really get to see much action as it comes, you know, uh, individual players actually playing. But one thing that stood out to me, and I know this is very, this is a very small detail, and he might not even make the fifty-three man roster. Cam Peoples is big as shit. He made Miles Sanders look, look like small. a little ass boy, ain't it? Um, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure how many running backs we're going to carry on this team, but he's just somebody I'm looking at. I'm looking at pre camp and uh, pre 53 man roster. I'll be watching him in the preseason. But yeah, just excited. And I don't know what the hell Don Capers got on top of his noggin. <laughs> 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 Every time I see that yeah. shit, that shit looks terrible. I'll be dog. like, bro, what the fuck is that, bro? Like, who are you trying to be? Yo, yeah, you, uh, you crazy as hell, dog. I don't know, but uh, no, yeah, like I said, excited and uh, looking forward to it. For sure, bro. For sure. Well, hey, I, I appreciate you taking our call. Thanks for uh, thanks for the insight and thanks for some clarity. Um, the people are dying to see you, so you know, you know, whenever. Whenever you you want to come on and make your your first in person appearance, your the invitation is always open, brother. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. I'll keep in touch. All right, buddy. Be safe. All right, peace. Cool. So, I don't think we're tripping. Let's dive into this real quick, uh, real quick, because we've gone a little bit over, and I want to <clears throat> not really necessarily over, but I want to keep it in that same range that we've been hitting the past couple of weeks, because that seems to be that seems to be working, and it seems to be. Uh, the best, the best for the show and, and for the viewer as well. So let's stay here. Um, so this is a depth chart that released before. Um, I guess it's, it, it released on June 18th. 
So it was after mandatory minicamp. Um, and this was somebody's take on it. It's Panthers Wire, again, in partnership with USA Today. Um, so, it, it, you know, it, it's not like it's just coming out of the blue from a random-ass fan or anything. They do hold weight. What I want to do is I kind of want to go through this relatively quickly, and then I would like to get your opinion on a couple of things because there were some things that stuck out to me, and I want to see how you feel about them as well. So we're going to go through this, like I said, as, as quickly as possible. I want to keep it within 10 minutes. Right now, it's five minutes on the clock, so when that goes off, we got five minutes left, and hopefully we'll be wrapping up by that time, okay? Um, so here, we'll go, here we go. We'll start off. Again, this is a projected defensive, uh, defensive depth chart and a projected offensive uh, depth chart as well. Or is this just defense? This is just defense, actually. But really, that's what I want to talk about because I, like, uh, I feel like for offense, it's a little bit different. Because I feel like offense, there's question marks on the offensive line, and really it's not. But everything else seems to be solidified with the exception of maybe a, a wide receiver slot um, here and there. But this, is, this, this one is kind of where I want to go. So here we go. And we'll go, we'll go start in 11. We'll just go start in 11, okay? So they have uh, D.N. Derrick Brown, Shaw Tuttle in the middle, Deshaun Williams on the outside, <clears throat> the opposite outside, opposite of um, – Derek Brown. At left backer, they have Marquise Haynes Sr., who is a first string, and then YGM is second string. Um, for inside, they got Shaq and Frankie. Um, and they got Kamu as a second string behind Shaq, and they have Brandon Smith, <clears throat> second-year guy from Penn State, behind Frankie. Then right outside backer, they have Brian Burns, Amari Barno behind him. And then they have wild card, Jeremy Chin. And that's something that we'll talk on. We'll we'll tap in on as well, um, because I don't know what the fuck that means, right? <laughs> um, first string cornerback they have J.C. Dante, Von Bell, and Xavier Woods rounding off the secondary. C.J. Henderson, Keith Taylor, Jamie Robinson, and Sam Franklin behind those guys in that specific order. Um, so let's get into this secondary. I feel like that's uh, cool, right? Can we can we agree on that? The secondary. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, I was about for to say. For time's sake, yeah. What is your – no, I mean, it doesn't well, have to I be mean, for time's sake. I'm, I'm just, for content's sake, what, what is your question mark? Where are you hesitating? I'm No, it's not anything related to the starters. It's just like – Rajon Wright that, should not be a fucking four-string cornerback. Yeah, I, I hate to tell y'all. I, I don't see how the fuck Keith Taylor is – yeah, I mean, he's fucking dog shit. Like, he, he is some bullshit. I don't I don't, like I I don't even see how the nigga is still on the fucking team based off of what I based off of what I seen in person. And I got to see a full game with a sorry ass bitch. So I got I, to see a, a couple full games from the sorry ass nigga and a whole lot of film too. And the <laughs> bitch ain't showed me that he was second string not even in the fucking Canadian Football League. So why Okay, cool. Is there anything <laughs> else, is there anything else that you know kind of sticks out to you on this? And then I'll I'll tell you kind of what what uh what sticks out to me. Personally. I mean, we kind of hit on it like the other day we were talking about it. It's just given our injury history and given the injuries that have happened in the offseason, if JC and Dante go down, we're fucked. I mean, because the corners after them just ain't worth the fuck. Like just we seen them play uh last year when Dante went out and then JC ended up going out. Like, I mean, we got torched. And it cost us a playoff spot. Yep. So I mean, if we have to go and deal with that, uh, 
throughout the season. And like we were discussing, like, I don't I don't understand why we go inside and Greg Maben. Like, I don't obviously I don't know much about the guy. But He's no good. There's bro. a reason that I don't know much about the guy. Yeah. And so I don't know why we go and sign him when we have the second most cap space. Like we can make something shake better than Greg Maben. So that's why I didn't understand and I just that that's the first thing that sticks out to me about the secondary. But I think everything else, I mean, like, I like it. I'll tell you something that kind of sticks out to me. Um Jamie Robinson being second string already uh behind Von Bell, with Eric Rowe being listed in the same position. Eric Rowe is a is a veteran. I think Eric Rowe has about eight eight years under his belt. So to me that that says a lot about the work that that Jamie Robinson put in and, and um OTAs and mini uh mandatory minicamp and everything like that. That to me tells me that Jamie Robinson had a crazy, crazy ass spring. Yeah, no, I think uh, it, there was a lot of reports and stuff, like coaches and stuff, who who really liked the energy he bought. Um, it was, it's a lot of coaches and stuff that are bought in on Jamie Robinson. So that doesn't really surprise me as much. Um, I mean, I guess the fact that he's in front of Eric Rowe, um, and which I wasn't expecting Eric Rowe to give us much. Yeah, like, fair when, enough. We, when we signed him, um, and then more so of now, like being that I see how, how much Jamie Robinson is being talked up throughout the – like front office and the team in general, like I, I could see why he's in front of Eric Rowe. Cool. Fair enough. Um let's see. So we had Derek Browns. Well let's go to the linebackers. Let's go to the linebackers first. For me, I think that the linebackers were kinda understood. I have a question mark. At left outside backer. Marquise and YGM. Yeah, that's my question mark, too. I think YGM is going to beat them out. I don't know what it is. I, like, and I know, like, bro, it's so crazy that I've done, like, a complete 180 on this dude. Yeah, it's weird. It is, no, it is. It, is, it, it really is. I mean, I'm not even going to sit here a lot of either <laughs> one of y'all. It really, it really, really is. I don't know what it is, but I have a lot, a lot, a lot of faith in YGM this year. And I think that he's going to clip Marquise. I think he's sorry as fuck, honestly. And I <laughs> and I mean, like, I have a question mark because I just feel like we can get better than Marquise Haynes. And I was telling you this uh, through text. Like, Marquise Haynes, like, I, I like when he's in the game when he's not supposed to be. And I know that might not sound like it makes a lot of sense. But, like, you know when you have a guy on the team where it's like, okay, obviously I know you're not a starting caliber player. But when you come in the game, like, you wreak havoc. Like, Frankie Louvu three year, two years ago and Sam Franklin last year. Yeah, that, that's kind of the vibe that he gave me throughout last year. When he came in, like, he made a lot of big plays. But it's like, I don't know how I feel about him starting. And like I was saying, like, I guess, like, he deserves a chance. Being if you look back on the plays that he did make for us last year, maybe he deserves that chance, and I'm just not cutting him any slack. But – I just feel like we can get better. Like, we can get better at that position. And so, that's that's the question mark that I have with linebackers. I, I agree. I think we can get better. But like you said, he deserves a chance. Yeah. It, because this is this is why I say he deserves a chance. Because of what you just said. When he came on the field last year, he made shit happen. I need playmakers on the field at every single position. I don't give a fuck if it's an offensive guard, a wide receiver, a uh, strong safety, a nose tap. I need playmakers on the field 
all 22 positions. So that's why I feel like, okay, cool. And, and I'm sure that, you know, obviously the work that he's done throughout the spring and things of that nature have played a role in that. And I know that, you know, a lot had been made of YGM and the position change and kind of how he was developing and things of that nature. So I get it because if those are your options, you know, I, I completely understand. Um, another thing right there is they have DJ Johnson, who we drafted when, what, what was he? Sixth round? Fifth round? No, sixth I round, think he was, he was, he was, I no, think we, we went reached up. on that bitch. Yeah, I was about to say, we went up to go get him. Yeah. So he's, he, but he's third string. Behind Marquise Etor and then it's him. So I don't know, bro. It, it, it's uh, it's interesting. What you got? Uh, is YGM on a contract year? That's a great question. I can it, give should, you an it should be coming up because yeah, this is year. This is year three I don't know. or four. Yeah, but then I already know that afterwards. I mean, it's gonna be back to the shit I seen when we first drafted the bitch. Typically how it goes. Four-year contract with the Carolina Panthers, including a $3.5 million signing bonus. Let's see. He's a free agent in 2024. So, yeah, it is a contract year for him, yes. <laughs> so maybe I kind of knew that in the back of my head. Who knows? <clears throat> I, think, I, I think that YGM is about to go fair this year. I ain't going to lie. Like, I think if he if we don't get a, a veteran pass rusher, so I'm going to preface that before I say anything else, I'm going to preface it by saying if we don't get a veteran pass rusher, I think YGM is going to go ape shit this year. I really do. I really, really do, bro. I think Marquise is going to go fair too. I think, they, I think that that's going to be one of the matchups that I go into training camp and I got my eyes glued to. No cap. There's a couple of them. That's going to be one of them. And with yet adding, you know, adding content and or in context that can people's and, and, and Blackshear shit too, because we're not carrying we're not carrying four running backs. I hate to tell somebody. Yeah. So so somebody is getting cut. Somebody's going to the practice squad. I, I mean, that's just the reality of this shit. Sha Smith is going to be another one that I got my eyes glued to. Yeah, because I, I seen a little bit of a. I know we're on the defensive depth chart, but I was just running around searching. Like I looked at CBS Sports. I mean. He's like fucking sixth or seventh. They have him. Let's see if we can find it. We're, we're going to go over. I knew this shit was going to happen. Just because this, this shit was just so opinionated. I knew this shit was going to happen. All right, cool. Let's look at this. Let, let, let's just look at offense. So, Well, let me ask you this. Are you good on defense? I think everything, for the most part, for me personally... It's self-explanatory. Yeah, it's where it's supposed to be. Yeah, I, I'd say that going coming out of spring ball and going into training camp, I think everything is, is where it should, is supposed to be. Um, now let's look at offense, and what I want to look at is so this is our lens. This is coming from our lens, a relatively reasonable, uh, reasonable and reliable source, I'd say. Um, and they kind of have. Let me take a look at what they have at defense. Uh, see this so for, for and this is interesting so this is when it, it kind of is hard because you have stuff like this because this right here this list has um YGM in front of Marquise Haynes at left outside linebacker so this conversation you take it you, you know what I'm saying you take it however you want to take it realize it's for content purposes 
Yeah. Um. However, they do have Jamie Robinson at the, in that second that second strong safety position. Um, and everything else looks pretty much the same, with the exception of that YGM and Marquise Haynes. And then, let's see, do they have DJ Johnson right behind them? They have DJ Johnson actually second string behind Brian Burns. Yeah, that's what I see. And I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I like that because I don't think that that's going to be the case. I don't think that there's any way DJ Johnson, based on his film, beats out Amari Barno at for for a higher string, for a higher position on the depth chart. I don't believe that. Um, so again, whatever it's worth, you know, for for whatever it's worth, take this conversation with a grain of salt. I guess you could say. Um, the offense looks pretty accurate to me, honestly. So they have, they have Terrence Marshall at. Outside receiver, they have Adam Thielen in the slot. They have DJ and at the opposite outside receiver. Ick at tackle, Brady Christensen at left guard, Bozeman obviously in the middle. Then we have Austin Corbett coming back from a torn ACL with Chandler Zavala right behind him. That's going to be another matchup that I'm glued to because I think Chandler Zavala is going to clip Austin. Hate to tell them, but that's just my feelings based on what I've learned and, and what I've seen and what I've heard, but we'll see. Um, Taylor Moten at right tackle, Hayden Hurst at tight end one, Ian Thomas at tight end two, Tommy Trimble at tight end three, and uh, uh, Stephen Sullivan at tight end four. Stephen Sullivan, he's clipping somebody. Yeah. I, he's clipping somebody. I don't know if it's going to be Tommy or <clears throat> Ian, but one of them niggas, hate to tell you, it was great knowing you, but you know, unfortunately, you might be you might be on the hot seat. And for the you know, as disappointing as it is, I think it might be Tommy Trimble. I think it might be Tommy Trimble for real, for real. Because Ian Thomas, though he's not the best pass catching receiver, you throw him out there. That's another that's another offensive tackle. Didn't I tell you the other week that I, Tommy Trimble even run weird? Like it's just something about the nigga. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> something did. about him, I just don't see him just being that. He might be on the hot seat, bro. Is yeah. it, I, we have to. We got to make a list before we go to training camp. And I know you said you got your own already. And there's niggas that I want that I need to see, but we need to make a list before we go out there on who's on the hot, who's on the fucking bubble. Yeah, because it, it, what I'm looking at right now, it's a couple niggas that might lose their starting job. And it's a couple niggas that might not even be playing for the Carolina Panthers come September 9th. Uh, 9th. Hate to tell them. <laughs> yeah, Hate to I tell mean, them. I agree. Let's see. What do we come here for? Look at where they had Shaw Smith. Yeah. They had him in front of Demir Bird. I don't know why, but it was still like six. So they have Mingo at wide receiver four. Yeah, wide receiver four. They have Chanel at wide receiver five, and they have Shaw at wide receiver six. So there goes to me. There goes your answer for that. Because how many like how many wide receivers are you gonna bring? Like for real, for real. In totality, how many how many wide receivers are you gonna bring? And that's why I keep telling y'all. I, I think he's gonna slip by as a as a returner. As much as you as much as you don't like to see it and hate that shit hate would be dumb that, as fuck. Hate to hear that. I think that that would be. Where he slips by it is as a returner. I pray to God not, bro. Like honestly, yeah, I mean, it's going. If that happens, it would be it would be very very unintelligent from our coaching staff, and that would be the first thing that happens that gives me cause for pause as it pertains to this coaching staff. Is that 
if Shaw Smith is, is is held on this roster and makes the 53 just because of his returning ability, I'm going to be looking at shit different already. That's going to piss me off for real. Well, I'm just telling you how it's going to go. I can see it. Is he a better returner than Blackshear? Blackshear caught that bitch up a few times, too. Like once. Yeah, I mean. Kick, he, he coughed it up one time on kickoff. I don't even need Shaw that. Shaw fumbled that bitch. He, nigga, Shaw, nigga. Shaw fumbled the bitch and dropped two passes. Fumbled the bitch twice and dropped two passes in one game last year. I mean. That right there alone should have had the motherfucker cut. Because that's how I would have came. That's just me personally. I, you know, I get emotional. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying. So maybe I would have been tripping. And you would have been game, calling the nigga back the next couple days. The, uh, nigga, listen to me. A game like that. Matter of fact, you don't even got to be cut. Just sit right here beside me. Say hi. Keep your helmet on. <laughs> we'll let you know when we need you. He that bitch wouldn't have never seen the field the rest of the goddamn year. <laughs> Hate to tell him, but I don't know, bro. That's gonna be. It, it, it's very interesting. Very interesting, and, and to me, it's a storyline going into, um, going into training camp. Um, so we'll see. We'll yeah. see. I mean, it's it's almost here. It's almost here. I was talking to, I was talking to Mule yesterday, um, and we were just talking about some fantasy shit. And he was like, you know, uh, when I dropped the when we dropped the draft order or whatever, he was just like, that shit made me feel like it was a lot closer than it actually was. And I was like, yeah, bro, that shit seems like a, a long time away, but training camp is right around the corner. Yeah. Training camp is right around the corner. Um, I'm extremely excited. I, I'm happy that um, from a content perspective, I'm happy that they dropped Blueprint when they did because now that gives us something to talk about consistently for the next month or so. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, um, I'm happy that they held it until everything was over. So now we're going to be able to see some of that content that came out of mini camps and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I mean it's right around the corner, bro. July what twenty six, twenty seven? Yeah, it's a little is when it start. Little over a month. Uh, little over a month. So we got about four or five weeks. Yeah. Um, I'm still kind of trying to decide what we should do from a content perspective. I would love to. Um, what I'm thinking we should do is I would love to release a podcast. Every like after every every uh, practice we go to, so for that four, fifth, and six, I wanna I wanna do a podcast after. But we'll talk about that more in detail. I know I just sprung that shit on you. Yeah, but I was just my, <laughs> I told you my brain just be going, bro. My my brain is crazy. This is how I want to wrap up though. We kind of went over thanks to Tavian, um, because the nigga don't got the clock behind the camera. <laughs> he ain't gave us a ten minute warning. Nothing. Nah, I'm just <laughs> I'm just messing with you, bro. Um, but this is how I want to close out, and this was very telling because. Um, this was something else that that uh, stood out to me um, when I watched Blueprint, and I, I thought that I was tripping, but at the same time I wasn't. But I thought that I was tripping. Um, but if you if you go back and watch, okay, I got you, I got you. Where are we at? It's it's just blinking red. Okay, cool. We're about to wrap up. It don't matter. But you just let it just let it die out. It's fine. Um. If you go back and watch, if you go back and watch the blueprint, there was a, a B-roll piece of former Panthers legends. I guess you could say, not even I guess you could say, because I want to be respectful. Former Panthers legends being placed, like just blown up large pictures being placed throughout the locker room, and that was something. And and, and to me, that was something that stood out because 
I know what I know what the locker room looked like before, and that was something that was kind of, that that stood out to me from the perspective of like, damn, okay. Well, I seen Jake DeLome and Luke Keekley just co-host the draft party. I saw all of the people that have been around. I've been seeing Thomas Davis and Steve Smith consistently um, at practices, and I've been seeing them breaking the team down and shit like that after practice. So it's something that, you know, over time has been really, really sticking with me and standing out to me. Um, and then let me see when this article dropped. Actually, it, it's irrelevant when it dropped. It dropped sometime this past week. Um, but this was something that was very telling to me, and it speaks to – the previous regime, how I feel like the previous regime kind of fucked up the organization's relationship with some of the older players, with some of the legends, and how now they're coming back around. And, and it's it's a beautiful sight for real. It's a, I mean, it's beautiful. So I'm going to just read this one clip. And this, again, this was released on Panthers.com. Um, and this is how it starts. Well, this is where I took the screenshot from. It just said, are you going to do the push-ups? Davis asked somewhat incredulously to linebacker Shaq Thompson when Thompson came over to greet his former teammate. See, Thompson had dropped a chance at an interception in practice that afternoon, and the traditional uh, penalty for such an infraction on the field was a set of push-ups, a reminder of a missed opportunity to change the game. Thompson protested briefly, saying the pass was tipped, hoping to get out on a technicality. Davis just looked at him, Thomas Davis, just to be specific. Thomas Davis just looked at him like he... Uh, like he looked at one of his children. Um, this this part was just, I mean, Thompson was once his baby at all, after all. That nigga won't never his baby. That's a grown-ass man. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Um, looked at him like one of his children. Held his arms out with the palms up and said, it's the standard, is, is the standard still the standard or not? Thompson promptly did, um, did drop and give him 10. So all of that being said, it's different when it's different when them OG niggas come around. All of that being said, I say all of that to say it's different with the when the OG niggas come around. It's a different level of respect, accountability, um, and these are guys that have been in your position before. Yeah. Um, and to me, like I said, it's very beautiful to see because that's always been something strange to me. But I knew Matt. I knew Matt Rule has something. I knew it was something about Matt Rule. Now I don't know if Matt Rule directly told these niggas no, stay away, or if they just didn't rock with bro. But I knew Matt Rule had some part to play in the fact that our legends wouldn't come around. Steve Smith would never, never be around. Obviously, we know he still had a relationship with Dave Tepper and things of that nature. Um, but Steve Smith never really came around that much. Thomas Davis, even being still in the city. We ain't really never see Thomas Davis around. Luke Keekley, there have been rumors of him joining the coaching staff, but we never really, really saw him around. To see all of these coming back, uh, all of these guys coming back around, is, uh, it's very, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And that's kind of how I wanted to close the shit off. And just, yeah. again, speaking and towards, boom, man, speaking on, um, you know, how shit is changing, bro. It's a new regime. It's a new feeling within the organization. The OG niggas like Luke and, and, and Jonathan Stewart and Pep and Mike Rucker, all them niggas, their time is up. Their time is up. And it's, it's, an, it's a new niggas' time to step up and, and make a name for themselves. No cap. No cap. I'm ready I mean, to slide, nigga. I mean, we going to see. I mean, they, they ain't nobody <laughs> on the goddamn roster no Luke. Yeah, I mean, we know that. Won't never be nobody like that again. Yeah.
What up? Do your research, nigga. <laughs> Go do your fucking research. Yo, appreciate y'all tuning in, man. <laughs> Tavia, what up, man? I'm a spike him. Hey, what up, nigga? That's a code. Nigga said, I'm a spike him. Guns banging when he dropped dead. Right on. Yeah, I'ma pop out with this Glock out. With your baby mama, my cock out. Blow it back out when I rock out. <laughs> Know what I'm talking about. I ain't worried about no oppositions Cause I'm quick to get it Ain't no decision making the hesitation I'm gon' bite him I'ma push up I'm about Yeah, I got the top down All of them be hiding Cause they see I'm at the